Good evening and welcome back to the Conservatarian Exchange on the Liberty Block, hosted today by Ed Ed, Megan, and myself, Steve. How's everybody doing? Doing well, great. thank you. Hi, How everybody? about you? Chris Christie uh, dropped out and uh, it was uh, a 3.2 on the Richter scale. Did he really drop out? I just, I saw your picture. I wasn't sure if that was just a joke. Well, it was a joke and he did drop out. So. When did he yeah. drop out? Uh, like 30 seconds today. before yeah. I would put that in. I, it's the same. I think it's like he's about to drop out. Like the, the news thing said, it's like he's going to announce that he's dropping out. Did he say anything about why or anything? I I don't. I did not hear that. Just that he was dropping out. I, mean, I can't wait to hear his reasoning. Trump or something? I mean, I mean, we get the we get the Iowa caucus next. What Tuesday? Right? Monday. Monday on Martin Luther King Day. Yeah. Okay. That's I don't understand crazy. why someone stays in the race this long and then drops out five days before the caucus. I mean. <laughs> Get your one percent and then drop out on on Monday night or Tuesday morning. I'll tell you, he might be running out of money, but uh, you know, I mean that that's usually why people drop out. I, I must say though that uh, given all of the stuff I'm getting from Nikki Haley, I, I, she hasn't run out of uh, money yet. That's for sure. Yeah, I hear she's uh, going crazy with the money. Ukrainian billionaires really like her. Text <laughs> messages aren't that expensive. Yeah, but the, the mailers, I just know the I'm mailers. poor to his house. Um, does, when people drop out like that, is that sometimes because of deals they're cutting with others? Sometimes, but who's cutting a deal with Chris Christie and what kind of, what does he have to offer anybody? That's a good question. Um, does he offer stopping to bash Trump? Is that an offering? I think that makes him more popular, Trump more popular when he does that. I wonder. And if that were true, that would def that would be a reason again to get him to drop out. Just but he's wondering. already been excluded from the debates. I don't see, you know, if Trump wanted to try and get him out, he would have done it sooner. I'm just saying, like you say, tonight's Wednesday night and he can't make it till Monday. My calendar moves even when I don't spend money. So you don't need money to get from now till Monday. So to, right. yeah, to me, it seems a little weird. I guess we might be able to answer some of those questions if we look and see what his uh, withdrawal speech says. I, I didn't listen to it. It's would you believe his withdrawal time. speech though, Ed? Would what? you? Would you believe anything coming out of his mouth during the withdrawal speech? No, I don't. Forget about withdrawal speech. He could tell me that you know that it's Wednesday, and I would question it, even though I know it's Wednesday. And we we're former residents of New Jersey who lived underneath his governorship. That's correct. Ship. I didn't think he you was that bad good of a governor. At the end of that, Megan. You don't know. I was going to say something. I, I, yeah, I get it. Um, and tonight there is a, a big debate, I understand, between two of the uh, remaining people, DeSantis and Haley. Ooh. Yep. That Vivek didn't make uh, the cut. I think uh, that's sad because uh, uh, Vivek has been doing quite well in response to some questions he's gotten from uh, reporters lately. But uh, I guess he didn't make the cut. But will this make it meaningful for those two to go head and head, head to head? Well, at least it won't be a circus. I mean, it could be a circus, but at least they'll be able to talk. You know, I hate these, you know, 
Remember when they had like 10 or 12 people on the debate stage back in the last election? I mean, that was crazy. Or 16. Um, I have uh, Christy, not to interrupt, but I have Christy, if you want to go back to that or if you want me okay, to read go. What, do you got? What, what he said. He said, it's clear to me tonight that there isn't a path for me to win the nomination, which is why I'm suspending my campaign for president of the United States. I want to promise you this. I'm going to make sure that in no way do I enable Donald Trump to ever be president of the United <laughs> States again. And that's more important than my own personal ambition. Wow. I Man, am very Trump sad. is living rent free in his deal with Donald Trump. I'm reading more. He doesn't say anything else. Is that the Donald Trump who like let Christie run his administration in the beginning? It's transition. Yeah. They were, yeah, they were meeting at Trump National. So Mendham, New Jersey is probably about 20 minutes away from Trump National Golf Course. Chris Christie lives in Mendham. Yeah. Oh, wow. I used to go to, I know because I used to go to school like right there. And I lived in Bedminster right by Trump National. And we drive up 202, 206, maybe less than 20 minutes away. Anyway, I guess in theory, DeSantis and Haley both have a chance to knock themselves out tonight and to possibly make themselves a little stronger tonight. That makes sense? I think that it's all about Monday. I mean, if if Trump wins on Monday, he's going to get the nomination. And if either one of them has a strong showing, then it's game on. Well, Judge Judy is backing Nikki Haley. So, I mean, that changes everything. <laughs> Why is she backing Nikki Haley? I didn't really read the article because I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> Let me go check. I respect just, that. I, I just respect like, that approach to the mainstream media, to be honest. I couldn't even really get out what Chris Christie said. I, this is this is horrible that this is my whole life is reading these this nonsense and just cracking up when it really freaking affects us on a, a pretty, pretty... <laughs> High level. Uh, let's see. Judge Judge. Sorry, I can't believe I'm looking up Googling Judge Judy. Well. Who cares? I mean, Judge <laughs> Judy is just I mean, she's not politically anything. She's whip smart. She is the future. That's what she said. Okay. Okay. I changed my mind. I'm definitely gonna go with her now. Everybody else on board with Nikki Haley because of Judge Judy? Absolutely. No, I would go with Donald Trump before I went with Nikki Haley. Ooh. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I guess the only question is if DeSantis or Haley come in a strong second, are they necessarily dead in Iowa? Mm. We'll see Tuesday. I don't, think, I don't think anybody's dead until they run out of... Um, until they run our money, right? I mean, that's the thing. It's like, uh, doesn't seem like Haley's like got Ron, Ron Paul ran till the end, right? And because he had oh. a, a base of support. Um, so it's, uh, it's all about, it's all about the Benjamins. It's all about the Benjamins. There you go. Yeah. Well, Haley is, has unlimited funds, essentially. That's what SFA is. That's a yeah. way for, the Ukrainian billionaire to just kind of, what, what do you need? What do you need? Okay, how many mailers? Okay, here's another 2.5 mil. No problemo. She's unlimited. 
Yeah, I think she'll stick around, to be honest. Um, mm -hmm. Just like, you know, Ted Cruz stuck around. He was the number two guy in the um, 16 election. He stuck around fairly late. Uh, Trump didn't help things by uh, huh. by making bizarre, wild accusations about him and his father. But um, yeah, I think that was a different situation, though. In 2016, Cruz, Cruz was st stuck around because he thought that in a one-on-one, -on -one, he would beat Trump. And then as soon as everybody else dropped out and it was a one-on-one, -on -one, Trump basically just canceled all the debates and said, I'm the nominee. Hmm. I forgot that happened. Yeah, which is, of course, what he did from the beginning this time. Yep. Yeah, smart man. Um Let's see. The story top J.P. Morgan strategist predicts Biden is going to drop out. I guess he's following this show and following Ed Maslish's uh, prediction. But everyone is. Yeah. There seem to be more people saying that as time goes on. Of course, does that mean Michelle is, is vying for it based on um, she's been out in the news a heck of a lot? I have a hard time seeing Michelle Obama as a presidential mm -hmm. candidate. I mean, she's never run for office. The little bit that we know about her, she said a lot of really bad things about this country. I, I just, I don't see popular, a popular swelling of support for her. It does remind me a little bit of uh, Oprah Winfrey in the 2008 campaign. Um, lots of people loved Oprah Winfrey uh, across all political lines and uh, including my, my wife for some obviously X chromosome related reason. But when she started to become, you know, increasingly political and divisive, um, you know, lots of women abandoned her. And, and in, in fact, she's still a billionaire, but her, her reach has gone way, way, way down. And I think the same thing happens with Michelle Obama. I think, um, I think everybody, you know, all the normies kind of like her. She seems like a nice woman. Um, and, uh, but they as like soon as her she as gets first in lady there, though, they don't like her as a politician. Yeah. I, I like her Jay Cruz sweaters it. that I'm wearing like one right now. That's the extent of it. Right. So, and I'm when gonna, she gets a little into bit like... disagree. I think she would go nowhere in a primary, but I think she'd be formidable in a race against Trump. Mm -hmm. I think anybody who has a brain would be formidable against Trump. I think she'd be strong um, than Biden. I think she's brilliant off the boxes and any any all moderate votes. Any moderate Democrat, I think. Not crazy, right? Unfortunately, that's all they have nowadays. But but a non crazy Democrat, you know, not not even RFK Jr., but somebody who is who is not, you know, wanting to castrate your kids behind your back and um, destroy the military and let millions of people across the board. Anybody, show me who one is that exists. On any of those. They don't exist. Yeah, exactly. But anybody like that would be Trump. She a has a super name recognition that very few have. Are we saying like yeah. she would jump the line in front of Newsom? Not necessarily, but oh. if she were dragged in and picked, let's say July or August or so, I think she'd be tough to beat. 
just because people in this country don't think. No, I understand the recognition. That's why from the outset, I I thought as soon as Trump went down the elevator, I said I, I predicted that he would not only win the nomination, but the presidency, because it's always about name recognition traditionally in our country. And people thought I was wild and crazy. And people are probably thinking the same thing about you now. But there is something to that. And, you know, she when she puts a book out, everyone buys it. When she has a podcast, everyone listens to it. So there is something to that. What do you mean everyone? I don't think everyone does. I mean, Kanye West has name recognition. He went nowhere as a candidate. Yeah, but that's not positive. Hmm? He he doesn't have now. He does not have positive name recognition. I mean, the last thing I know about Kanye is he was on a gondola in Venice getting a BJ from his wife. Like, really? That that's what I associate with him now. Michelle, like, don't like her. I think she's brilliant and savvy. I think she knows how to reach a lot of people. And she, and she, the press will worship you know, her, which is the only thing that matters. This is sort of like the the Republican race right now because Trump clearly has the most name recognition, and I think that name <laughs> recognition gives you something, but I don't think it takes you all the way. And I've is said it, for months that I don't think he's going to make it. I just don't think name recognition is enough for Michelle Obama. I mean, what is she going to, why is she running? Why Why would she, what, what does she want to do? So bring back the halcyon days of her husband. And yeah, a fourth yeah. term, a fourth term. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I just, just don't think that people look that fondly upon it. Huh? So if you put together the press and the cheating, I think she could win easily. That's just my. But even from a Democrat's perspective, I mean, they don't know how she would handle the pressure. She, they don't know if she's going to say something really stupid. What off pressure? The how there would be no pressure. That's the point. There, there would be, be no pressure. Yeah, no there pressure is no gaffe she could make that would ever be covered. There's no tough question she will ever be asked, and what there would be no pressure. That's the whole point. But even without pressure, she still could say something stupid. I mean, it, no. Have, if a tree Biden falls, doesn't have pressure, and Biden says stupid things all the time, nobody would people, hear. It. People are on Epstein Island, and they get... said, "Listen, they already they they change official transcripts of Biden's gaffes. No one would ever hear anything Michelle Obama says that's stupid. That's the point. Yeah, and, then, and she's savvy enough not to say anything. She's, I mean, she's in a little trouble because." You know, she's so scared to death what's going to happen to the country if Trump wins, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I just think the press has, as you know, I think the press has almost ultimate power. That's what scares me. She doesn't scare me that much in a primary. I'm not even sure she could beat Newsom in a primary. She scares me if they bring her in at the last minute and dump her on the country somehow. How can they do well, that, I think, though? I think she would beat Newsom for the same way that uh, Biden beat the field. I think she would get the... Uh, the South Carolina, you know, James Clyburn machine behind her. And, and uh, you know, that would start a, uh, you know, you, you've got all the liberal women in New Hampshire and you've got the James Clyburn machine in South Carolina. I, I think she would. Well, that would she, be if she were, now. I'm talking about if she yeah. was in very, very late. I think they could carry over the finish line. That's what's But good. how would that work if they don't have a primary? How would they be able? I'm, I'm sorry, I'm like ignorant to this rule and they i just, just crown her at the at the convention why can't they just do that can, can they yeah, do the, that well the the delegates are pledged um but 
I, I, I don't know what that means. You know, I don't think there's some legal. Well, if they were pledged, they'd be well, pledged means that they to have, Biden. They're pledged Biden for the first out. ballot. Right. But if Biden pulls out, that's who they'd be pledged to. That's what I'm saying. They would pull a yeah, yeah. switcheroo. If, if somebody did the godfather on Biden and he pulled out, then, yeah. That's what I'm yeah. That's what worries me, Only I just think this country's pretty stupid. So that and cheating, I think should be tough in the end. But anyway. I just don't think so. We'll see. I mean, I hope to God not, obviously. I know, but the major billionaire donors are all, they're all going Biden. Didn't you guys send that article out? Was that you guys that sent me that about like the guy in Los Angeles who's a billionaire? He was unnamed and they were like, um, you know, you're pledging all, you're backing Biden, giving him all his money, right? Yeah. Would you do that for any other Democrat that would want to run for president? No, they're too, they're too crazy. I'm not going to do that. First of all, nobody can guarantee Biden doesn't drop out against his will, you know, even just for health reasons. Yeah, no, I, I think I, so. Yeah, yeah, I never thought him, he would do it willingly. Uh, they could push him out, but he could also just not be there anymore. So mm. he, he's not a young man at best. I mean, more and more is watching Jill, you know, take him by the hand and, and walk him around the room like a two year old. It, it's, it's beyond, beyond sad. Why is she wearing a 1970s shower curtain everywhere she goes? It's so ugly. If you look on eBay, it's hard to get, it's hard to get another year. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, she does have a very interesting way of dressing, doesn't she? She, she? Her face and her hair and her makeup, always well done. But the that's not, not, not good. Yeah. Now, do you guys think that this whole Lloyd Austin thing, dropping out of the world for five days, is a big deal or not? Uh, yeah, him having him having a medical issue is not a big deal, but trying right. to hide it, hide it is not a big deal. Is, I mean, it's a huge deal, especially because he was hiding it from the president. Okay, he, first of all, be, is that is that like the commander in chief? I mean, we don't like Biden, but he is the president or acting president, and so if the secretary, well, okay, so in the military command structure, it goes from the president to the secretary of defense to the combatant commands, like CENTCOM commander or NORTHCOM, you know, that that's the structure. It doesn't so, go to the joint chiefs, they have nothing to do doesn't, with it. Now, the, now, the joint chiefs are there in a, well, I mean, getting into how the military works is, is complicated, but the Army, Navy, Marines, and all those, they have jobs to train and equip the troops and the joint chiefs are, are just a committee of all the people in charge of the services that train and equip the troops. The combatant commanders are the ones who fight. And, uh, and so the joint chiefs are just a committee of the people who train and equip the troop. And of course they give advice and they do stupid things like call China and tell them that we'll give them a warning if Trump goes off the rails, that sort of thing. Um, but you know, the, in a wartime situation, it goes from president to the SecDef to the combatant commander. Now, I, I assume that the president could call the combatant commanders himself. I mean, he is the commander in chief. But generally speaking, if he's going to say, you know, uh, launch an attack on the Houthis, then uh, he he talks to the SecDef and the SecDef, you know, talks to the CENTCOM commander. And then the CENTCOM commander comes up with a plan and with the 
on scene commanders and then they execute the attack. So that's that's the way it goes. Okay, so, so first of all, how do we know this has not happened in the past? I guess we don't know, but I mean, generally speaking, uh, the the secretaries of the various departments, assuming the press is interested, and they aren't, like they aren't really that interested when it's where the secretary of agriculture is, but their schedules are published so that if the media <laughs> wants to like go with them on a trip or, you know, meet them, and if the secretary of agriculture is going out to Kansas for summer, they know that. And so um, someone, and, and the, the military press, the press who covers the Pentagon is slightly more, I would say, slightly less partisan than all the other press. So why did they hide it for days? I don't think they did hide it for days. I thought they asked questions for days. And then when it, um, you know, the questions weren't answered, I think they reported on it. And that's when. But you're saying if, if his schedule was blank, you know, for five days and they unexpectedly blank, unexpectedly blank, like his schedule was he's taking two weeks or a week off for Christmas and he'll be back in the office on January 2nd. And when January 2nd came, he wasn't in the office because he had that infection or colon problem or whatever that caused him to go back into the hospital. Cancer surgery or something. Right. Well, that was the first thing he did that during his Christmas break to try and keep that secret. But then they, he had a complication that set him, put him back in the hospital and had something to do with a blockage in his colon or something like that. And that sent him back in the hospital, like on the 1st of January. And so he, when he wasn't in the office on the second where everybody expected him, they had to say something. And they said, well, he's in this hospital. It's no big deal. And then, it just, I, that, you know, all I'm saying the cover is, up if is somebody worse. asked the, that question, why wasn't that reported anywhere? That's what I'm well, trying to figure out. I think it was reported on the second. I, I certainly heard it last week. I, I think what happened was they they reported, oh, it's like some minor thing. He'll he'll be he'll be out soon. You know, they didn't tell the truth. I mean, that's the whole point of these things. It's not the thing, it's the cover-up, you know. And exactly. and the, and everybody in the press wants to be the next Woodward and Bernstein, even if it is a Democrat. Well, not against Democrats. That's the point. And yeah. is, it a, is there a law that you have to tell the president he's in a hospital? Is this just a protocol? It just looks horrible. I, I don't think there's a law. I don't think you can bind the president like that. But it, he is in the chain of command. So, I mean, you should do that. I mean, isn't it obvious what's going on here that everybody knows that Biden is not the real president and... It, so that's why he didn't report to him. And oh, and I think Austin is not staff, the, no. Austin is 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 not the real uh, sec deputy either. I mean, he probably he, not. He he obviously is a crazy diversity hire, and and he he he's been completely incompetent. On the other hand, he does a, he or someone appoints reasonable people in his in the chain of command. I think the deputy secretary of defense. Is uh, to me, this is confident. Just, you know, so this is just some reporter did some homework and asked the right question and embarrassed them all. So now they're trying to come up with a story that makes sense. So they're claiming now, I believe, that Biden literally just found out. Um, I'm just trying to figure out is it a big deal? Is it because it was hidden that it's a big deal? Does it they really lied. matter? Or are we just deal. playing politics? No, no, they lied. Who lied? 
the the press secretary for the secretary of defense they they lied two or three times and then finally they mm -hmm. they told the truth um and that that's the big deal okay and how many people are at fault so austin's at fault his deputies at fault the press is at fault like the secretary of defense is at fault the secretary of defense press office is at fault but his deputy who was running the show isn't he at fault I think it's a, a woman. I forget her name, but um, first of all, first if of all, if she knew about it, she might not have known about. It. Well, she, she wouldn't know her boss is gone for five days. It's just nah, the sec death is not a person, not a hands-on position. I mean, you know, some people Rumsfeld made it. I mean, that somebody would have called her to cover his meetings. To you know, come on, he has appointments. And is this, you is would, this the knock on the president? Is this just because he's not running the show? Like, in other words, if this were flipped, if this happened when our favorite president was president, is this really a big deal, or we just is it a gotcha thing? It would have been made blown up really big if but, it was under Reagan, because the president's a blithering idiot, because the SecDef is a liar. Like, what is the big issue? It's just the lies and the cover up. It's the standard thing, you know. I, I mean, we I, people we, lie about everything. It's not just lies. We're used to lies. Yeah, but the reason why you have a deputy is to deputize your position. If you cannot be somewhere, you send the deputy out to right. do that. So are we everything saying problem is not the lies. The prop the problem is that they got too close to the truth. The truth is he's not important. The truth is. Biden isn't important enough for him to report to him. It's, it's the truths that are the problem. It's not, they don't have a problem lying to us. They have a problem with us learning the truth. But wouldn't Biden's chief of staff, wouldn't have been his responsibility to know? Oh, because yeah. They didn't know. They, uh, why do you think they didn't know? I mean, well, they just don't tell us these things. The problem is we're, we're, we're learning that that these are figurehead people and that's that's the problem right now not that he was absent not that he didn't report who knows whether he reported or not who cares and, are we saying the pentagon is running itself apart from the way oh the pentagon running? definitely runs itself uh, that, that that is absolutely true um i mean are they totally know. rogue that they don't bother telling the white house that you know the boss isn't there i just I don't well, know. That's you know that's the office of the Secretary of Defense. There's like you know probably probably a dozen people in that office right there who are sort of intimately familiar with the Secretary of Defense's movements, and they just kept it to themselves and told the press office to. I, I mean, they told the press. I mean, the the press office generally doesn't want to lie. I I, I know you get the Jean Pierre whatever her name is, but. Generally speaking, they want to tell the truth. And so what you do is you, the people tell them what's going on and then they go and repeat it. Um, I, I mean, you have to have an IQ above 100 to do that job. And, you know, what's her name doesn't have it. But um, but generally, they just want to, you know, tell say the line. You know, they're told the line to say, they say the line. Okay. I mean, there's no reason to believe anybody's ever going to really suffer because of this. There'll just be hearings where people yell and scream at best. I wonder whether 
Austin will survive this, to be honest, because it's uh, he is not particularly well respected for um, for his authoritarian and dictatorial handling of the COVID vaccines, pushing the jab on the military, forcing out tens of thousands of people who refused to get the vaccine. And I think, uh, and now that, you know, they've been given amnesty, they've been said, okay, we were wrong. I don't think they said we were wrong, but, you know, we made a mistake. Um, you can all come back and like, you know, a couple hundred have people who had no other option, I think. I mean, no one in their right mind would go back and work for these people. Do you, um, given I'm the, sure you know, that vaccine mandate that stemmed to everybody that lived in their home. Yeah. <laughs> Pregnant women. I mean, it, oh, no, I mean, it, and I'm, you know, I'm sure there is a lawsuit here waiting to happen um, because Number one, the vaccine that the troops were forced to take was not the vaccine that the FDA approved. Now, of course, the FDA approval doesn't mean anything in reality, but it, me it means something in the law. But they were not given that vaccine. They were given the EUA vaccine. And you say, well, it's the same thing. Oh, no. If you look into the uh, actual um Manufacturing process and and contents of the vaccine, the, uh, the Comirnaty uh, approved vaccine was not the same as the EUA Pfizer vaccine. So when they forced this EUA vaccine on government workers, especially people in the military, they were violating the law. Um, mm -hmm. It's relatively easy to prove. Uh, the data is all there. Uh, I think there are lawsuits going on. Um, but, you know, the courts are completely useless with regard to technical information. Um, you know, you can provide a brief showing that, you know, the, these molecules are in this one and these molecules are in this one and they're different. And, and, and the judge usually will throw up his hands and says, well, you know, we've got expert testimony on one side. We've got expert testimony on the other side. I can't make this decision. That has to be the decision of the executive branch who has the experts. That's generally what the useless judges do. And, why, wouldn't and the so Act, why wouldn't the PrEP Act preclude any of those claims, Ed? Um, because it, 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 it would, it's not a claim against Pfizer. It's a claim against the U.S. government for right, violating the government the is the one that distributed it. The PrEP Act also applies to the distributors of the, of the vaccine. Yes, but this was being forced on people, right? I mean, there's the whole informed consent thing, right? They said, this is the same. It wasn't. So they lied in informed consent. I think there are ways around this, to be honest. And I, I think you'll get some judge. Like, for instance, the other day, uh, I'll give you a, a decent judge story. In um, some judge in Texas uh, who read the law, um, shocking, I know. Uh, said that uh, he could find no statutory basis for the department to regulate appliances like dishwashers and washing machines. Gas and, stoves? Uh, gas stoves. Like, there's no statutory reading that allows them to do that. And so he basically stopped all of this BS green nonsense that is ruining all of our appliances. Um, 
and you know, occasionally you'll get some judge that'll do the right thing. And I think in the case of the vaccines for the troops, the, the EUA vaccine being forced on the troops, I think you'll find a judge someday who will uh, actually look at the facts and rule in favor of the plaintiffs in that case. Don't in which case, I've been involved don't. in some of that litigation. I, I, I'm not as optimistic as you are, Ed. I mean, don't soldiers give up some of their rights to sue? Yes, but, but like more fundamentally, all... the, the PrEP Act shields anyone who, who distributes or, or produces the or manufactures these vaccines. I just I have a hard time believing that any judge is going to impose liability for damages. OK, so Texas is suing Pfizer and they're trying to get around that by claiming it's fraud and that they're not protected from being charged with fraud from the states. That's the way I understand it on a simple level. Yeah, that's how I understood it, too. That's how I understand it. And we'll see if the, it's a plausible claim. Whether it's going to survive, I don't know. I mean, the PrEP Act is super broad. It covers almost everything. But does it, yeah, I know, but I mean, then you've the got state. the overbroad. They right? do I beforehand. Mean, so if, again, you, there is this thing like, you know, the law can be overbroad, right? I mean, suppose they pass the law that says that they can, the military can give anything they want to the troops for any reason at any time, and they just shoot them in the head. I mean, what, you know, and it's like, oh, that's our lead vaccine. You know, I mean, you've got, there's, at some point, you've got to say, okay, this law is way too overbroad. And I, I think it's that's- not just overbroad. I mean, to me, I don't think Congress has the power to prohibit the distribution of a vaccine where there's no sale involved. I mean, this yeah. is all, you know, the, the, the regulatory authority stems from the Commerce Clause and nobody paid for these vaccines, nobody other than the US government. So to me, they all violate the Commerce Clause, but, or they don't violate it, they're, they, the Congress lacked the authority under the, to, to pass the provisions of the PrEP Act that, that shield manufacturers and distributors from liability when there's no sale involved. That's my take mm -hmm. on it. Um, I wasn't able to make that argument because I couldn't find somebody willing to pay for it, but that's that's my that's my argument. Yeah, I can't imagine that one getting through SCOTUS. Anyway, to get back to the original thing we brought this up, Austin is not popular with the people with rifles in their hands. And that matters. So I, I think oh, well, well, why do you think that matters? That surprises me. Well, because the rate of enlistment is down catastrophically over the last year or two. And what that means is we we are sending ships to sea that have 80% of the crew on board that from the the design and we're, we're you know we're maintaining aircraft with 80% of the of the maintenance technicians and we're uh, we're constituting um, brigades of uh, the army is being absolutely devastated by this. I mean, there's, uh, I don't think I, I don't think the army could effectively fight uh, any war at all, much less you know a big one like the war in Iraq, um, just because of the lack of 
enlistments and all of the retirements due to the incompetence and maliciousness of Austin and okay, Biden's so leadership. Going with Ed M's idea that this is done on purpose, that's considered a success. Why does that endanger Austin in any way? This is what they want to have happen. And at the very worst, they'll just get a bunch of undocumented to fill up the army. So, well, I, I do think that it's kind of the plan. The problem is people are noticing. Who <laughs> cares? Like, who, who's going to, the left doesn't care. Who, who's going to push Austin out? He's doing what they want him to do. And nobody cares what soldiers think. I, I don't buy that at all. I don't. I can't imagine that anybody in the Pentagon or above gives a hoot what the average soldier thinks. They do if they can't get enough of them to uh, enlist. If they want them to enlist, but they don't need them to enlist. Why yeah. Do they, they even want them? It why do they want like well, they I mean, don't. when we say they, I mean, we're. I'm thinking that you know the, you know the Obamas of the world, the people who are pulling the strings, but. And and they may not, but like the institution, there is a lot of institutional inertia in the military. I mean, the institution wants to have more people. It wants to have more money. It wants to have more planes. You know, it, it, the, all the people who are part um, of the Defense Department want more things. And if they if Austin is getting in their way, um, they'll leak to the press. The press will somewhat or, run or the okay thing. or the opposite. You get more things when you have less when you have fewer people. So it doesn't necessarily hurt to get more toys if you have less people. I mean, I'm kind of looking again, you go back to Israel for the moment, which is in an active fighting war. And, you know, the soldiers are pretty much all saying one thing. And the politicians and the heads of the army, they don't give a hoot what the soldiers want. They go. There was a story today. The soldiers are sick of them. They come here with their cologne. They take a picture. They leave. And they don't care. Why would anybody on the top care what a soldier thinks? And that's in a small country where everybody's a soldier. Here, what is there a million people in uniform in this country out of 330 or something? I don't think they have any. Yeah, a million and a half. Right. I, I don't think I, they care. So, and Austin is protected, is he not, by his uh, the boxes he checks? He does check some boxes, but that won't... Uh... That won't one hundred percent protect him, because Catherine Hicks, who is the depsec def, she is really competent. You know, I mean, she's she's a woman, but she's not a diversity hire, right? I mean, she's she's really competent, and he'd make a fine Secretary of Defense, to be honest. Okay. If, if we can't know. get rid of Mayorkas, who's far more yeah. disaster than Austin, so why would we be able to get rid of Austin? Uh we would not be able to get rid of Austin except for this scandal. It's always these stupid scandals. That, it's not the fact that they don't do their jobs or they do their jobs badly. It's that they have some sort of scandal. That, now, I agree really- if a man had dignity, he would resign, but that doesn't happen on the left. Well, it's not so much dignity. I mean, you can just say, okay, he's really sick and he's got to take time to, to heal, you know? Yeah, and I don't know. I don't necessarily seeing anybody pushing him out. Um, I guess maybe it'll depend also what the press does with it. Yeah. So, uh, moving on back to uh, peanuts. So the Republicans shockingly seem to have caved again on the budget. Is that a fair estimate? A fair uh, analysis? 
always a fair analysis. The Republicans always cave. Right. As I understand it, the Republican caucus said one number and they agreed on that number plus 99 billion. I don't know what the Democratic caucus in the Senate said, but I guarantee you it was the Republican number plus a trillion. You know, so again, is it a compromise that Republicans can live with? You know, this is discretionary spending only. It's not the all the rest, and it's over the next year. Now, what it it matters, right? I mean, what the it, it less matters what the number is than what it's spent on. So, like for instance, if you add eighty thousand new IRS agents with some of the number, then yes, I, that, it's a bad number. I mean, but you could have a hundred billion dollars less than what the Republicans wanted, and still add the eighty thousand IRS agents. So that would still be bad, right? Um, and and you know, give the FBI a brand new multi-billion-dollar headquarters? Yeah, no, and, and, you know, I mean, the FBI has to be uh, abolished or scaled down or punished in some way for becoming so political. Even if it's like budgets only cut by twenty percent, it's got to be punished. So, I mean, there's all sorts of things that matter more from a policy perspective than the top line. Okay, so with that, the Johnson bargain to get the absolute best deal he could for conservatives in the country, or did he go into a smoke-filled room with two other people and say, we can't fight this time, we'll fight next time, like they always do? I think this was the fight, and this was the deal on the numbers, but the numbers don't matter as much as the policy. And we will see yet what the policy is. Um, Because there's, you know, all of these government, uh, you know, the deep state, the FBI, the CIA, the ATF, you know, all these awful, awful agencies that ought to be abolished. um, It depends what they do to them. They reward them. You don't think he necessarily, you don't think he necessarily caved. I don't know whether he caved. He compromised. So, I mean. But he compromised comprom- pretty early in the process, didn't he? Well, he compromised on the overall number. And he's not, it's not clear what's going to happen. I mean, he's um, not threatening to shut down the government if they don't close the border, for instance. He's not threatening to shut down the government for anything. It seems like he Allegedly. Well, and I have no idea. But allegedly, there is going to be some border um, restrictions in the bill, but we haven't seen it yet. You know, so right. I don't know. Mayorkas is going to implement them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you mean like a law that said we were supposed to build a wall? I think in two thousand six or something was that law. Something like that. So Ed M, I mean, you would say more strongly that he caved in for no reason. I'm not even sure it's proper to say he caved in. I mean, this is who they are. I mean, he just did, you know, you know, you don't, when somebody does what you expect them to do, it's not really caving. It's, he's just, you know, reality is what it is. But I mean, it does it seem in any sense that he, quote, fought hard? There was nothing to fight. I I think that he's okay with 
99.99% of what went down. If there was a fight, there would have been a lot of uh, leftist headlines and a lot of uh, like, oh, my God, there's going to be a government shutdown. Look at this is what Republicans do. They shut down the government. Shutting down the government when the Republicans do it is the worst thing to a leftist. I and, and remember what this is funding, right? This is the one point six trillion that funds, you know, a trillion of military. Yeah. And. Things are getting completely out of control in the uh, in the world from a from a military perspective. I don't think money is the solution. I think better leadership, as we discussed before, yeah. is the solution. But a trillion dollars of that, and then you've got the ash and trash of the rest of the of the uh, you know administrative state, you know, and all of which should be abolished. Um, but but, but like, what did he? Which of those did he fight against? I mean, we didn't fight against any of them because we don't have a bill. It's just the it's just the top line number that they agreed on. That's all they agreed on is the top line number, which we don't have. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, we do. It was published. One point. No, no, we don't have the money. Oh, we have none of this money. It's all. So nobody's nobody's fighting to stop spending money that we don't have at rates that are. Let's let's look at it this way. This, This is a. This is a $1.6 trillion discretionary spending. And our deficit is something like $1.7 trillion (laughs) per year. We could totally eliminate all of the discretional Discretional, uh, stuff in the budget, including the entire military, all the FBI and the Department of Agriculture and the Department of Energy. We could get rid of all of that and we'd still be running a deficit. So I I think, you know, if this country is not going to collapse, and I obviously think it's going to collapse, um, that, you know, it's the entitlements have to be reformed. Right. There's no other way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So thus collapse. Currency collapse at some point. Okay. So nobody's too upset about it either because it's expected because we don't know how bad it is. That's that's what I'm hearing. I don't see anybody talking about it except maybe Rand Paul, Thomas Massey. I know I've heard uh, Chip Roy went supposedly ballistic over it. Does that mean anybody would do anything differently? I have no idea. But it's it's just more of the same, you know, you put Johnson in instead of McCarthy, but nothing ever changes. It's the way I understand it. So well, you wonder what the uh, blackmail on Johnson is, right? That's, I mean, that's the whole Epstein wasn't the only blackmailer in Washington. Did you see that congressman the other day said something like everybody is a target of blackmail in Washington? There was one congressman that came out. It was our Freedom Caucus. Wasn't Matt Gates or anything, but it was someone, and they said, "Oh yeah, every every single person is uh, subject to blackmail in in Congress and you know in the congressional staff. It's all it's all blackmail." Well, Look what they did to Gates. Done. Yeah, I mean, I it's you just wish you knew what the blackmail was that they had on Johnson that made him, you know, amenable to a compromise. I mean, they have. Chuck Schumer said it on television <laughs> that the intelligence 
right. agencies. You know, I mean, this is not unknown. I mean, God knows what they have on Chuck Schumer. All right. Those of us from this area of the country are getting hit with so many more of these immigration stories. I think, Megan, you're the one who shared that they're putting immigrants in a Brooklyn high school and telling the kids that they can learn remotely. I think that was a story you shared. Madison High School in Brooklyn. And I think it's so funny because the people on the right are all up in arms about this, right? And then you look to the people on the left and they're like, oh, well, my child came home with a laptop and we were told from the very beginning that at any moment we could switch to remote. Like, they're just like, oh, You're well, cool we were it? told. Why? Don't they have childcare issues? I don't know. I think they're all, they're the elites. They probably have people to do that for them. Is this in a ritzy area, this Madison High School? I don't know where it is. I think it's very affluent. Hold on, let me just uh, check because the people that were commenting that they were, you know, about the laptops and stuff, I I think that they have a lot of money. Hold okay. on, and we have this. I, I think they going the, between um, Jersey and New York, where so you guys have probably yeah, it's funny since they couldn't send migrants straight to New York because Hockle or somebody had a ruler Adams. So they were sending them to New Jersey and then putting them on trains to New York, if you're following that story. So yeah, they're up in arms about that. But they got pictures showing cops literally putting migrants on trains to New York. So now they want <laughs> a new rule to keep them out of New York. I think, um, let's see, Murphy in New Jersey wants a 32-hour notice for people to come into New Jersey. The whole thing <laughs> is almost funny, except for that it's so serious. I'm watching New York Jersey fight against migrants coming into their towns. Well, like, the two people that they were like, oh, we're a sanctuary city. And now they're like, e -e, it's yours. It's like a hot potato. It, it's literally a hot potato. I love it. I mean, it's fun. It's like, remember bum fights that used to be on and they were so despicable. This is like the new version of bum fights. It's, you know, New York City versus Governor Murphy. I forgot his uh, Eric Adams. I'm sorry. I have a cold. Yeah. Eric Adams versus Murphy. How could it get any better? I've uh, ringside seats to this. Except for, I don't know, uh, it's just all explode. Could the crime explode? Yeah. Could, but I mean, it's, it, it is affecting me. It's affecting my family. It, it's affecting you, I'm sure, especially. No, I'm in a pretty, pretty interesting neighborhood. I think we're kind of remote from things, kind of yeah. insulated, I believe, at the only moment. Only for a time. Only for a time. Well, everything's only for yeah. a time, that's for sure. But it's I mean, enjoyable. again, you know, what Texas did and Florida did by busing the people out, I think was fantastic. I think it is having, it's at least putting pressure on the system. And yes, it's fun watching them fight about it. But yeah. again, I don't know when it hits boiling point and what that's going to look like, because we're not going to close the border. We just have, what's her face, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre every day, just lying about the broken system for 20 years. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Same. I, I, you know, uh, I think there is a possible out from this catastrophe. Um, even though they're given, you know, some sort of quasi legal status, they don't have any skills, and um, so they're and they're all on welfare. They're all handed money. I think that um, were a new president to come in uh, next January, um, and he cut off the welfare. I mean, they're not entitled to it by law, 
They're just given it by Biden's executive order. So what you can do with one executive order, you can undo with another. And and so whoa, whoa, just whoa, whoa, undo whoa, whoa, the wealth. Didn't the Supreme Court rule specifically that that's not true? I think that's right, I, Stephen. I yeah, I think they said you can you can't take something away without due process. The whole thing is administrative procedure. That's the Republican problem. Who cares that the Supreme Court said that? Make them litigate it. Make them file lawsuits. And you know what? Even if you get held in contempt of court, let the court say we're going to imprison the the president for not violating. Well, actually, the interesting thing I've read a bunch of these lawsuits against uh, President Biden for the COVID stuff, and the court. removes the president from the the court can't make the president do anything and they say that explicitly and so they remove him from the lawsuit what they do is they uh is they they join the subordinates the subordinates right so you'd have to pick subordinates who were who was that woman in kentucky who refused to give the gay marriage license we want her kimberly something we just fined hundreds of thousands of dollars wasn't she She's not out of the Oh, way. I'm sure I'm sure she was, but you get someone with conviction in some of these uh subordinate positions and say you're gonna take care of them and then hopefully that gives them a little bit of Why don't we just have George, George Santos do it? <laughs> yeah, George Santos, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's he'd be very useful there. I you know, and as far as the, the migrants, I think they should put them in the tunnels under, under the under the synagogue that were found, just just push them all into the into the tunnels that fill those tunnels up. Instead of concrete, Brooklyn is the concrete this week. Just push all of the uh, illegal aliens into the tunnels. But if, so if apparently comes in, the new president comes in and and issues an executive order, no welfare for these illegal migrants. What subordinate? Are you gonna are you gonna punish? I mean, it's you're not telling him to do something, you're telling him not to do something. Who are you gonna punish? Well, I, I hate to know. say this, Ed, but I have no expectation that the people in the deep state would listen to such an executive order. Well, that's a different issue. That's a different issue. But I mean, uh, why why would they? We we live in a deep state that can't be punished, it can't be influenced. What do they care what the president says or doesn't say? Here, but here's the other thing, though. Like, even if you were in the area of the march or whatever, the insurrection on January 6th, like if, say, I took my kids to the Smithsonian on January 6th, I, I could still end up going to trial and going to jail because of that. So if they're willing to do that to just everyday American citizens, if a new president comes in and starts undoing their precious work, What's to stop them from going after each and every single person in that administration if they think that they can? Yeah, that's true. I mean, do they fight viciously? Yeah. I mean, three years later to still be looking after J6ers who happen to be in the area and there's nothing we can do. And it's three years later and people are still in jail without a trial and there's nothing we can do. I think it's pretty clear who has the power in this country. And... John Adams treated the British better, you know, before oh, yeah. we were even the United States than American citizens are being treated right now. That's terrible. Tucker had um, some representative from Louisiana on who was investigating the J6 um, 
That was a very interesting conversation. This guy was a former law enforcement officer, and, and uh, I think he was a Marine. I could be wrong. He might have been in the Army. Uh, seems like a really smart guy, no-nonsense guy. And he had a lot of interesting things to say about the um, not just the, the, you know, the physics of January 6th, what happened, but also the, the fact that they, the, they are only uh, bringing this, these uh, charges in D.C. because only in D.C. do you have the mind numb robots who would uh, go along with these sorts of charges, which would be thrown out in any other court in the land. Um, it, just the D.C. courts are so corrupt that uh, it's the only way to get any of this uh, done. But I mean, that doesn't help anybody because that's where they're bringing them. So. No, there is this um, part of the, you know, this uh, law and Ed might know more about this than either. There is this uh, law dealing with. Um, I, I think it's, uh, you know. Interference or corruptly interference or insurrection or something like this that all of these uh, charges are based on. And the Supreme Court has decided to take up a question as to whether this is reasonable. And of course, if you read the law, it's not reasonable. So one would assume that if they, if the Supreme Court rules in a, in a reasonable fashion, which I absolutely do not guarantee because like there's only three people in the Supreme Court who you can really trust. Um, then I think um, it would toss out the convictions of a huge number of, of people and also um, because the sentences were, a, a lot of these people were enhanced by this charge, it would basically you know, free almost all the prisoners since it's been so long anyway. And since um, the, the misdemeanor charges that, that this felony was used to enhance uh, you can't, I mean, the whole point of a misdemeanor is less than a year in prison. They've been in for more than a year. So it would basically get them all out of jail. Um, so it's, this is an interesting one to watch uh, from. You're talking about the, the, the Trump appeal of the Colorado decision? No, this is, this has to do, uh, and I am unprepared for this discussion. So I apologize. This has to do with the felony that all of these J6ers are charged with um, that, enhances the obvious misdemeanor like trespass or you know breaking window or something like that. those are all misdemeanors um, into sentencing them to you know four years five years 10 years 18 years that sort of thing um, and if you uh, if you rule that the law that they're using uh, if the Supreme Court rules that the law they're using doesn't allow that then basically those convictions are all reversed and uh, even if they were convicted of some underlying misdemeanor, they'd all have to be released. So uh, I really, I apologize for being unprepared. This is a Technofog uh, thing. If you don't follow Technofog on uh, subscribe uh, on uh, Substack, he will ex explain, he explains all of it. Now you got Ashley Babbitt's family is suing for wrongful death, I think. And I don't know if that's going to be interesting where that was going to go. Well, I, again, there are these two documentaries, one by the Epic Times and one um, by another organization on January 6th that were just released. And, um, you know, the the one that I, I've watched so far, the one from the Epic Times, um, 
you know, obviously goes through what the law is with regard to use of force. And uh, this is something I happen to know about because I follow Andrew Bronca and law of self-defense. And it was obviously a, you know, a bad shoot. And if it was, uh, you know, um, any other, it, it was not only a bad shoot just from the standpoint of he had no business using lethal force, but there were police officers behind Babbitt and you're never supposed to fire your gun. <laughs> you have to maintain, you know, situational awareness of like where you're shooting and what's behind the target. And there were other police officers behind her. So again, it was a bad shoot for a lot of different reasons. And I think that if it was any other case, especially if the races were reversed, um, there would be million dollar verdicts, but I, I doubt that, um, she's going to be able to get at this uh, individual police officer in, in the course of law. I just don't think that I think they're going to give him, you know, the immunity. And so it'll just be the federal government that maybe pays out something. Hey, um, to tie this back a little bit, which of the three remaining strong Republican candidates is running on elect me? And I will pardon the J6ers. Vivek. Trump, Trump has said Vivek that say uh, he, yeah, and Trump has said that he will um, pardon everyone who did not physically attack a police officer, which yeah. is most. Trump's got a weak argument since he was the only one who could have. Well, he he didn't he didn't know. And I made this well, or he was too busy giving a commendation to Fauci to pardon these people in his way. I know. I mean, how can he? How can anyone believe that he was that naive at that point? I mean, did he not know what Russia collusion was? <laughs> did he not spend the four uh, years in office being hounded by lies. I, it just, I think the presidency. Anyone believes that? Well, I think the presidency is one of the most cocooned offices in the world. You are not allowed to get any information. The president is not allowed to get any information except that goes through the system. So he was being told this is a violent insurrection and these people are insurrectionists and criminals and they were attacking police officers and all sorts of police officers died. And of course, he's a big fan of police. And, you know, he had, what, two weeks to fix this and he just didn't get the information. I, I don't blame him for not pardoning. I, I don't. I, he just didn't know. He didn't know what we know now. Even what he knows now, he still doesn't do anything for them. Yeah, he should pay for their... Uh... You know what? It, you're, you're probably corrected. Presidents know nothing, but we need to chuck our entire system if that's really true. If presidents are true, yes, that's true. everything going on in the world, they have no business being president. If they don't read it. Well, the weird thing book, is, I, I totally agree with that. Like, how do I know anything, right? Because I read all sorts of dissident sources of information out, along with a lot of the, you know, mainstream narrative sources of information. And, you know, the CNN article on this or the Washington Post article on that. But I read a bunch of dissident stuff. But by the way, Ed, Ed not if he doesn't know any anything, of that. 
That's because the people he put in power to filter what he knows are the wrong people. That's still on him. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, but the point is it's institutionally impossible, right? Suppose no, I got elected president. No, it's not, because uh, I so, set the tone on what I'm going to be made aware of. And he obviously suppose, did that successfully. When he woke up on January 7th, he wasn't demanding information. Or on January 8th or January 9th. And those are his people. So either oh, I'm sure he, he was demanding Trump information. They just didn't give it to him. When I listen to Trump and his supporters... He is he is being portrayed as Jesus Christ. He knows everything. And this nonsense that he's some, you know, in the dark person is just I'm not this is not personal to you, Ed, but it's just such utter BS. I mean, the guy just all the presidents are in the dark. Do you think Biden knows anything? Do you think Biden knows what's going on with the border? I'm not talking Biden doesn't know anything, but Trump is not Biden. Trump knows he knew what was going on. He knows what's going on. And he just refuses to be accountable. That's the issue to me. He's not accountable about anything. He's not accountable for Operation Warp Speed. He's not accountable for lockdowns. He's not accountable for the step back. Let's let's examine the warp speed. That is 100% his most vulnerable area. Who is attacking him on that? I haven't heard a damn thing from anybody. DeSantis a little bit, but nobody really. Yeah. I mean, it's they're entirely useless. There is no, there is a reason it takes 10 years to develop vaccines. And even then, I'm just reading Daniel's uh, book, um, The Gates of Hell. I'm going to probably finish it tonight. Even when you take 10 years to develop vaccines, <clears throat> a lot of them are garbage. That is, they don't do what they say and they have potential um, you know, they have they they're not they're neither they don't do a lot of reducing risk and they have huge yeah. downsides. Right. And neither that's what they take ten years. But you know, I, if me in twenty twenty, I was thinking, yeah, this whole ten years to develop a drug, this is BS. This is this is government overreach. This is uh, too much bureaucracy. Of course, we should be able to develop a vaccine in six months. That's exactly what we should do. And I thought, oh, this mRNA platform, that seems like a great idea. And I, that's because I'm sort of a op- scientific optimist and whatnot. And I was totally wrong. And now I understand a little bit more about it because I've read extensively on it. And that's, that's absolutely wrong. Yeah, but, but, I mean, if but I was, here. I, I, I'm a scientist. And if I thought that, I mean, how, how can we hold Trump? accountable for something that yeah that I because know. ed here's the difference you were not putting those vaccines into every american's hands you are not standing back as mandates rolled in you are not you even said yourself when you don't know something you go and you look at cnn and you read an article from there from the washington post and then you go ahead and you hit these alternative news sources because you know what you want to know. If you want to know something, I guarantee you the information is there. And as the leader of the free world, you've got to do whatever it takes to get that information before you start injecting harmful substances into your constituency. Not only that, it, the issue is not what did he know in 2020, it's what does he know right now in 2024? He still will yeah. not criticize the vaccines. You look he at you. He won't do it. 
Ed Powell, like, I mean, come on. Like, I don't think of you as a nobody, but in this great grand scheme of things, nobody knows you like they know Trump. And you have figured it out and you have said, hey, man, I was wrong. I wanted to believe in this, but I can't anymore because I did my research. Why can't Trump do that? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, why Ed can't Powell the president. Do that? Yeah. Well, yeah. No, just, I, <laughs> I would. Ed, Ed I think everyone who's been on the Liberty Block podcast is is uh, going to be banned from being uh, president. Or we might end up anyone. in jail with the Gen, Six, Gen Sixers, even though we weren't there, just because we talk about it. That's right. Well, I was thinking of going because I live here. Right. I was thinking of going and I, was I would have supposed to go. I would have wandered into the area that was uh, banned in front of the Capitol because by the time I, I would have gotten there, all the fencing was ripped down and I wouldn't really? have known. Yeah, yeah. I would have so, just I mean, wandered. Lucky I didn't. I would have not meant any harm, but I could have easily say, oh, you, you're letting me into the Capitol. Cool. I'll, I'll go wander around in there. Okay. Yeah. I don't know whether I would go in the Capitol, but I certainly would have gone into that. It's that ellipse area in front of the yeah. west front of the Capitol there trying to identify everyone there and, and prosecute them for trespassing or whatever. And it's like, God, I mean, they ripped down the signs. How do you know? How, how is anybody, what, what happened to mens rea in this sort of thing? Nobody, you know. Yeah. Oh, and did you hear uh, Ray Epps, the- um, Yeah, he got probation. The person who, who was definitely not a Fed, um, definitely yeah, not a Fed. Um, he, he got probation. He got probation. There are people- And a $500 meters, fine. He got probation. Five hundred whole dollars. Yeah, yeah we five hundred dollars. We can trust the courts, can't we? Yep. By the way, a discussion totally for another day, but I happen to believe that I'm not eligible to be president because I voluntarily took a second citizenship, and I don't think it that is correct. As anywhere, where does it say that though? It doesn't say in the Constitution. I'm a natural born. You were born. You were born here, so you're a natural born citizen. Right. And I, I believe mean, you should be disqualified if you voluntarily took a second citizenship. And I don't know what would happen with that. I read a very interesting article the other day. Again, one of these legal substacks that I subscribe to, who went back to sort of original sources back when the Constitution was written. And his understanding of what natural born citizen was is. Um, ex excluding the founders who were specifically excluded, is someone who was born in America to two American citizen parents. That's what he said. Um, and again, it was a really interesting argument. But wow. of course, then Obama could not yeah. have been president. That was brought up during Obama's run, though, in 2008. Well, that was like he was born in Kenya, I think. That was the. the no, it was also because one of his parents wasn't parents a was, citizen at the time. He was born, but that would have implicated. And the him. other was a minor. Right? Her, his, his mother was a minor. And what's your yeah, name? His mother was a minor and his father was a uh, a foreigner. So neither of his parents. And were I believe that implicates Haley. An adult it, American. Haley's under the same issue. Yeah, and John McCain, you know, and there's Haley all sorts of outside people. The well, unless Obama's Ted, real father Ted is Frank Cruz. Davis. Which would explain the Chicago yeah. ties, right? It's an interesting argument. I I don't know how you would adjudicate it. I it, it, you know how do you decide uh, whether so, like some court ruled that Chenk Uger could not appear on the California ballot for um, president. Chenk Uger is running for president. Who knew? Uh, he's a, a lefty podcaster. 
because he was born in Turkey. So some court decided that they had, you know, they had appropriate authority to rule on this and tossed him off the ballot. Why can't he for office in California or he just can't be president? Yeah, it was he was running. He was trying to run. I thought he's ineligible to run because no one could pronounce his name. (laughs) (laughs) Now he's born in Turkey. So I don't know. See, with these presidential. I have to run, unfortunately. I I will leave you and and join you in the rebound. But I have to run for another. Enjoy the show tonight, Ed. Next week when we see you, Iowa will be in the past. And one of us is going to be eating crow. That is true. I will bring a crow. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Ed. Uh, no, I was just going to say one thing about these uh, attempts to throw people off the ballot. You know, Trump is actually not the one on the ballot. I mean, he's on the primary ballot, but I, actually, I'm not even sure he's on the primary ballot. It's electors for Donald Trump. And really, it's the, the way the way I think the founders would have envisioned it would be that the uh, electoral college would decide whether or not somebody was entitled to be president, not a court. That's what I think. But I don't know if the Supreme Court is going to agree with that. That that would be a way for them to invalidate the Colorado ruling without getting to any of the substantive issues. That would also mean that they have to think it through, right? Yeah, I mean, another way is with you know with president the the you know the Fourteenth Amendment the the Section Three of the Fourteenth Amendment doesn't apply to the president, and that's what the district court judge actually found in that case. Right. But, I mean, what percentage of Americans realize that we vote for electors? Why does that matter? I don't know if it matters. I just think it's kind of weird that. If you would make that argument, people would look at you like you're from Mars. Well, I think that a lot of them don't understand it because they refer to this country as a democracy and not a constitutional republic. And if they know what the Electoral College is, they hate it. because it's not Because they're being told that this is a democracy and they're wrong every step of the way. And either there's a nefarious reasoning behind it or the Democrats are completely ignorant. And I think it's the first choice. I think it's both. Now, Megan, you're in Long Island, right? Are you being affected by these shutting down bridges, airports and stuff? Is it getting close personally? I don't really go anywhere. I um I am like a homebody. You know, maybe I'll go to a tapas bar <laughs> and I go to work, I go home. If my kid has a birthday party, I go there. Um, so I guess the answer is no, but I'm affected by um the raise in the tolls that certainly kept me home more. I used to fly over, well, not fly, drive into Pennsylvania to go skiing. I used to drive into New Jersey to go skiing, to have lunch with friends on the weekend and come back and everything. Now it's very cost prohibitive for me to go and enjoy a lunch or even a dinner in New Jersey and then come back. Like we, the only time, the last time we did it was for my birthday we went to Melbourne, New Jersey, and then we came back the same day. And just the cost toll of the tolls was like 40 bucks in tolls. I mean, come on. 
Yeah, but that's 40 bucks. That's two hours of babysitting it's, that I could have paid and gone out here in Huntington and had a great dinner. So, <laughs> so the, <laughs> the um the free Palestine crowd has been closing down the Brooklyn Bridge, the Williamsburg Bridge, the Manhattan Bridge, the Holland Tunnel. Again, I don't know when that explodes. Yeah. Um, Ed, I don't know if you know what the laws are. I assume under no circumstances can you move your car if it's going to touch a person blocking it. Under no circumstances can you what? Okay, so there was a video yesterday that I saw of a black male who seemed quite reasonable, who was in line at the Holland Tunnel, I believe, and couldn't move because the Palestinian protesters were blocking him. And he screamed at them and he got in his car and he just started inching away. And they finally let him through. But I would assume you would be at fault for hitting them no matter what, even if they're blocking public thoroughfares, et cetera. I mean, you know, an argument could be made, but I don't think you should be. I mean, it's, you know, if, if we're going to get into, you know, technical legal, you know, nonsense by surrounding your car, that's a that's an example of false imprisonment, in my opinion. If you're making it so that the guy can't leave and he, I think he has a right to, to break free of that. That's my opinion. And further, my opinion would be that. <coughs> no reasonable prosecutor would take that case. But unfortunately, in New York and New Jersey, you don't have reasonable prosecutors. So I don't know what to say about it. I mean, was it, it the... was interesting. They gave in. They let him go, which which shocked me. Because they're bullies. And when you push back against well, then a bully... more people need to do it because he was saying, yeah, pick my daughter up from daycare or something. I mean, it's it's a big deal. Besides that, I hate traffic in general, and you can wait an hour and a half to get in the Holland Tunnel on a regular day. You had a good day, right? I don't know when this is going to, when people are going to start getting hit for real. Um, what What about Bridgegate? What was the legal reasoning behind that? They said that an ambulance had to get through or something. And why aren't the same kind of reasons being thrown at these idiots who are just like i'm sorry like they're, they're white noise class. to me now they don't matter to me they're stupid because no, they're they are a protected class that's they're on the right side of the issue or the left side of the issue yeah right. just like they can break into um capitals all over the country and obstruct proceedings mm -hmm. they apparently just demonstrated in the u.n security council which apparently is a yeah but no one gives a hoot and i have one more free legal question for you do you have <laughs> any thoughts on this trial that's going to start at The Hague tomorrow, where South Africa is suing Israel for committing genocide or something. <laughs> I hadn't heard about it. Um, what standing do they have? What no, they, apparently, do they want? They have, apparently, anybody in the UN can go to. So apparently, the ICE, the International Court of Justice, has a court for civil, a court for criminal. This is the court for civil. Apparently, Israel is a willing party to it. Interestingly, Israel has agreed to show up. Even more interesting, they are sending, if you're involved in it, you can bring one of your judges to add to the 15 judges. They're actually sending the old judge who was responsible for all of the screw-ups in the Israeli justice system, the guy who said everything's justiciable and ruin the whole country. They're sending him because, quote, he has international recognition. What is South Africa asking for as as recompense? Um, I believe, so my understanding is just from the little I've been able to listen to, 
the trial and decisions could take years, but a court would be able to order a ceasefire immediately if they so choose. And the only enforcement power they would have would be to then recommend to UN Security Council to enforce it. Now, I don't know how often this has happened in international courts. There's a bunch of international, Israel hired a very, very prominent international lawyer to defend itself. I think the, you know, he who was without sin should cast the first stone is pretty funny here, as far as, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's why I'm cracking genocide. up. I mean, if I remember correctly, when Mandela took power, lots of people lost their lives um, uh, in their own country, not to mention Russia still bombing places, et cetera, et cetera. But I guess to some my, re my initial reaction to hearing you say that is they're making the same mistake that I've criticized Trump for. For you showing know, they're, up. They're entering a game of three-card Monty, and they know the game is rigged, they know it's fixed, and they're going to try and play it and enforce rules of fairness and conduct. And then when they yeah. lose, they're going to cry foul that it was rigged. What's they'd, be interesting off, they'd be better off if they just said, we aren't committing genocide. We're not showing yeah. up. We're not going to legitimize your proceeding by pretending that this is a fair trial and we're, we have we have a chance for a fair defense. And if you want to take action afterwards, go for it. What I, it's funny because my understanding of the Israeli reaction is it was a lot of surprise that Israel was going to take part because Israel generally says we're not party to this. We don't really care. There was some surprise. Apparently, they're so confident of making a good case that they figure this is a good opportunity. Mm. Though I happen to agree with you that it's totally rigged anyway. Um, I saw somebody said they want to present evidence that there's no difference between UNRWA, you know, the Palestinian Refugee Organization of the UN, and Hamas, that the same people work for both and they want to try to, quote unquote, embarrass the UN. I don't think you can embarrass the UN. Because I don't think the UN gives a hoot if they are Hamas. Um, I personally believe, has anybody followed any of the speeches of the UN ambassador from Israel in the UN? He's given some phenomenal speeches. I mean, no, I, I gave up on the UN. Absolutely phenomenal speeches. I'll he look into those. The other day, he brought a birthday cake for the one year old baby who's celebrating its one year, its first year birthday as a hostage, and he's really ripping into them. Does it matter? Of course not. I personally believe that Israel should leave the UN. I don't know what the ramifications would be, but I think that's kind of what you're saying, Ed. Stop playing this game that the UN should have any gravitas whatsoever. I, I thought right. that... The and don't legitimize the process. But leave yeah. the UN. Leave the whole organization. What is it good for? I mean, when America was on the right side of things back way back when we were constantly criticized while there was while iran was like applauded like what is this backwards thing that's in new york city but it's not well, really it's new run york by city. dictators it's run by yeah users break Yet, it down it's will done. Never leave it i guess it's part of the game that everybody's making money being ambassadors and diplomats etc cetera, etc cetera. but See, i wonder I, if israel should just say you know what we don't need you you don't do anything for us and would there be a cascade effect when other countries leave? Because it's Dude, a I think joke. We should leave. I don't yep. think it'll ever happen. I, I'm 100% No, but it's a joke. joke. It, it's it an absolute joke. joke. They can condemn us, but... Yeah, heaven forbid, we should point out some of their problems in killing their own people. You know, like, they're, they're free to kill their own people. And then, you know, 
they'll they'll call us out on Guantanamo Bay. We're like they they called it right. cold air torture, and they were getting air conditioning in a hundred degree heat, and they thought that they were being tortured. Like we were the bad guys for air conditioning the terrorists. Well, so, I think some of the Palestinians who have been taken prisoner complain they don't have meat or something, as if anybody in the area has meat. You know, they forget the little details that compared to what you were eating last week. Oh my god, I thought you said weed. Like no, no, marijuana? Meat, meat. No, no. I'm sure you can get weed in any prison. That I'm not worried about. But, <laughs> okay. Closing thoughts. What didn't we get to? Megan? Um, so I just think it's really, really funny all the pearl clutching from the left when the policies that they voted for actually take action. Um, you know, like the immigrant crisis at Madison High School. Um, you know, just to name one, the going back and forth on the trains. I just think that, oh my goodness. And then when you you kind of were like, yeah, but you, you voted for it. Oh, no, 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 I did not vote for this. I, I'm just very, very amused. No, they voted this. for immigrants to be in Texas. That's what they voted for. Yeah, but they don't understand how it works, I guess. So yeah, it's it's it, I'm finding a lot of amusement in it. And it's, again, it's very, very sad that, this is even happening, but, um, you know, you, you are responsible, like, you know, they are responsible for the way that they voted and you vote a certain way. It has consequences that affect us all. Well, maybe for the first time in history, it has conf consequences for them. I don't know. <laughs> Ed. Um, I think we got everything this week. I don't, there wasn't anything I was holding back on. Okay, is anybody planning to uh, watch the show tonight? No, uh, oh, I know what I wanted I to tell you Huh? Oh, I wanted to uh, let you guys know of a, a pretty great documentary that my husband and I watched on Three Mile Island with this freaking hero, Rick Parks. I mean, wow. Uh, it's on Netflix. And it, it was just amazing. And I think that you guys would really like this guy, Rick Parks. He's like a nuclear engineer. He was there in 1983 when they were trying to do the cleanup and everything. And what this man's gone through in the United States government, the cover-ups, the, you know, incompetence, the putting somebody in charge of, you know, the nuclear, um, I'm sorry, I have a cold and my brain is so foggy, the nuclear program who is just kind of like an appointee without really any real knowledge, like political savvy, but not real hardcore nuclear knowledge. And, and how close we were to just wiping out 1983, the whole entire East Coast of this country. We were like milliseconds away. Insane. That's my spiel on that documentary. I think you're saying government is not competent. I think I'm saying that, even though it's one of your favorite president's tenure. Ed, we're My... wrapping up? I think we're ready to wrap up. Okay. Um, I hope you don't need a loan from me of 20 bucks next week. Why is that? Ed, I got you covered. Don't worry. I don't want you to lose your bet. <laughs> All right. Well, I know I have Megan on my side, so... That's good. All right. Between All right. I didn't say that. I just said I would cover you. You know, like a good friend who, who loses at the casino. You you still give him a little bit more. No, you're just going to get him more credit, you mean, for the next bet. Yeah. Maybe I'll make one next time. 
<laughs> All right. Well, we wish everybody a wonderful evening. Please send feedback to the Conservatarian Exchange at Liberty Block. And please visit libertyblock.com for latest articles and opinions. Have a wonderful evening. <laughs>